We welcome you to the media ministries of the Gathering Church in the Countryside YMCA of Mainville. As we love the Lord and each other, we're trusting that God would use us to plant a church in every YMCA around the world. To this end, would you join us? We meet on Sundays at 10 a.m. and in community groups throughout the week. As you listen to this resource, our prayer is that your love for Jesus would grow deep and your love for others would be seen and heard. And Peyton is going to read us the Scriptures. And so we want to honor God uh, and uh, in the tradition that Ezra in the Old Testament started. Let's go ahead and stand in honor of God's Word. And uh, Peyton, would you just direct us and uh, allow us to hear from God by reading it. A good strong voice as a 13-year-old young man. And you can go ahead and take off your mask whenever you're ready to read it. And I'll stop kicking these pumpkins uh, will you please over. open your Bibles to Romans 4, 16-25. Okay. That is why it depends on faith, in order that the promise may rest on grace and be guaranteed to all his offspring, not only to the adrehant of the law, but also to the one who shares the faith of Abraham who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you the father of many nations in the presence of the God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist. In hope he believed against hope that he should become the father of many nations, as he had been told. So shall your offspring be. He did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which was as good as dead, since he was about a 100 years old. Or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb. No unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God, fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. That is why his faith was counted to him as righteousness. But the words it was counted to him were not written for his sake alone, but for ours also. It will be counted to us who believe in him, who raised from the dead Jesus our Lord, who was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. Nice job, Peyton. Okay. And so, Father, we just uh, are trusting you now that you would work in great ways um, through your word and by your Holy Spirit. And that uh, we pray that this particular text would be so meaningful for your people. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Hey, I am really excited to uh, preach this text to you this morning. Um, as you know, as a church, we just really believe that the Bible is God's Word and that the Holy Spirit has inspired it. And even how He has laid it out that we want to track with it. We want to follow it. Not just find like a cool verse here and there, but like we really believe that, that the Holy Spirit has something for God's people in every portion of the text. And months ago, when we prepared and started preaching through Romans, um, we, had, we, we said, well, let's, let's just pick up where we left off. And on November 15th, Let's land on uh, chapter 4, 16 to 25. 
And I am trusting this Sunday that this is absolutely the text that this church needs right now. It's so beautiful. I'm so excited to deliver it to you. And, um, and let's see, um, I'm just an under-shepherd, but let's see the chief shepherd shepherd each of our hearts this morning and uh, watch transformation occur. Are you with me? All right, so let's get after it. Um, if, you, if you've been with us, you know that Paul, the Apostle Paul, who wrote the book of Romans, in the very beginning said that the righteous shall live by what? Right? And you might, you might be going like, well, all right. How do I do that right now, Newman? Like, help me out here. I mean, we are like still kind of in the election, right? Like, what is going on? We are hearing new COVID news, and we're going, ah! Moms across the board are going, oh no, please. For the sake of my children, I don't want schools to be shut down. Thanksgiving's coming up. Christmas is coming up. And we're all like wanting to honor the government and wanting to be like, how do we do this thing called Thanksgiving and Christmas with family and three households and under 10? And and you're going, I really want to please the Lord with my life. And I hope today in church I'll hear what it means to walk by faith. What does that mean? Is anyone wondering that with me? Come on. You got masks on. You got to try a little harder. This is alive here. Are you with me? Okay. Any of those thoughts exist? Yes, me too. I need this word just as much as you this morning. And so this morning, in these verses, we are going to see a beautiful God. We're going to see some attributes that are so needed to hear. And we're going to see Abraham recognize those specific character traits. And he's going to have specific faith. He's not going to have this ambiguous, like, oh, I have faith. He's going to believe God in very specific ways. And he's going to obey Him because of what God specifically said. And we're going to be challenged by Abraham's faith. And then, and then hopefully as the Holy Spirit works, as He always does, we're going to be challenged in our own lives to take whatever's going on and to apply God's Word to walk by faith. That's where we're going this morning, okay? All right, so the title is Specific Faith. Specific Faith. And I pray that, that this week, that this text really will be your sustenance, okay? Uh, Chapter 4, verse 16. Let me read it for you again. That is why it depends on faith in order that the promise may rest on grace and be guaranteed to all His offspring, not only to the adherent of the law, but also to the one who shares the faith of Abraham, who is father of us all. All right, so let's just stop right there. Um, Just uh, in the beginning of this chapter, Paul started out 
and told us that Abraham was the physical father of the Jews, of the nation of Israel. And now he's kind of shifting gears and he's saying that Abraham is the father of us all to those who believe. Meaning that if you are a Christian, Abraham becomes your spiritual father. Okay? Now, kids, listen up. When I was a kid, I learned this really cool song, and it was called Father Abraham, right? And Father Abraham had many sons, and many sons had, and I am one of them, and so are you, so let's just praise the Lord. And then we go, right arm, Father Abraham had many sons, right? And then, and then left arm, Father Abraham. And then there was right arm, left arm, right foot, left foot, spin around, sit down. Anyone with me on that one? All right, okay. That's Father Abraham, okay? And so we, we learn that Abraham had faith in God. And last week we learned that it was credited. It was counted or it was reckoned to him as righteousness. And we stepped away. And from that, hopefully, if you, if you hadn't, been, if, you, if you hadn't been a believer up to that point, right? If you've never repented of your sin and placed your faith and trust in Jesus, if you've never had your, if you've never been reckoned righteous, hopefully your response was, I want that. I want to be in right standing with God. Which would be the consistent, like, first part of the phrase when Paul says, from faith for faith. If you have been counted righteous, then you have faith. You've been justified. These are all terms that we've been studying and learned. Your sins have been paid for. Okay? That would be the from faith. But still you're going, Newman, for real, help me out with for faith. How do I live by faith in this life right now? And that's what we're going to get after. Okay? It's a really important discussion to have. The discussion of faith and its specificity. Because you go out of here today, you ask any of your classmates, you ask any of your coworkers, hey, do you have faith? 99.9%, I'm making that up, but most everyone will say, well, sure, I have faith. Do you have faith? Yeah, I have faith. And it's this random or ambiguous faith out there. But Christianity is so narrow, streamlined, and specific. Not only to come to faith, but also to walk by faith. Let's see how Abraham did it. Let your eyes go with me to the text. Verse 17. As it is written, here's God speaking, I have made you the father of many nations in the presence of the God in whom we believe who, watch this, gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist. Joe, man, thanks for picking all those songs that just preach that message right there. Like our hearts are ready to hear this message now. It's awesome. Okay? So Paul, the Apostle Paul, when talking about Abraham's faith, but writes to 
the New Testament believer, brings up two stories about Abraham and how he had specific faith. Okay, One of them is where his wife gets pregnant, and the other one is where he brings Isaac on up to the altar to sacrifice him. That's what he's talking about right here. Okay? So let's, let's go in chronological order and let's do a little storytelling um, about Abraham. Okay? So I'm in Genesis 18. Don't go there with me. Just listen to the story. Okay? So this is Genesis 18. Abraham and Sarah, they're in the hot sun. And they, they've got this little tent outside and they're like working it in, in like Middle East and, and like a whole bunch of sand and a whole bunch of like hot wind and they're just like living it up in a really hot climate, all right? <laughs> okay? And suddenly three people show up to their tent. Middle Eastern hospitality. Abraham goes, hey, sweetheart, we got three guys here. Why don't you like make them a sandwich or something? And she's like, okay. Okay, so they sit down and they start talking. And it is evident that, that one of the guys is actually God. Like the living God has visited Abraham and his wife, Sarah. Okay? And so they're talking and God says to Abraham, hey, I'm going to come back here in a year and your really, really, really old wife and you who are really, really, really old beyond the years of baby making, okay? She's going to be pregnant. Sarah, who is listening to the discussion on the threshold of the tent goes, ha, 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 right? And then there's this whole discussion where it's like, hey, why is your wife laughing, Abraham? And she's like, and he's like, well, I'm, and she's like, ah, well, I didn't laugh. And then they end up naming their son. After one year, he comes back. She's pregnant, and, and they name their son Isaac, which means, yeah, right? Okay. God promised something, and he delivered. He brought life out of something that had no life, her barrenness. Next story, okay? Next story. So now we're in Genesis uh, 21, okay? Let me just read for you verse 1 and 2. It says, The Lord visited Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did to Sarah as he had promised. And Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age at the time of which God had spoken to him. That's just evidence. From 18 to 21, God said something and he did it. He accomplished it. All right? Let's go to the next story, just the next chapter. And actually, I do want you to go to this one. So go to Genesis 22. If you're in Romans, flip way back to the left and let your eyes fall on verse 4 and 5. Okay? Let me just set this story up. Okay? If you've been in the faith for a while or if you've even read the Old Testament... Um, you'll know this story. This is a very famous one. Um, but like a lot of Old Testament stories, um, you probably have read all the children's stories or you've just heard other people say it and you've actually never read the wording in the actual biblical text. 
For instance, when was the last time you read in the Bible the story of David and Goliath? Goliath. Right. Right? I'm sure we've all read like the children's stories of it, right? And all the versions, but like the actual wording of it. Watch the actual wording of this story, okay? So God tells Abraham in verse 2 to take your son, your only son Isaac, whom I love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering, okay? And do this on one of the mountains in which I shall tell you, which seems to be a consistent pattern of God. Like, do something, have faith, and I'm going to give you instructions as you go. (laughs) Verse 3, so Abraham rose early in the morning, like he obeyed God right away, even though he didn't know all the details, saddled up his donkey and took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac, and he cut wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him, here's where I really want you to cue in and like circle these next two verses. Watch what happens here. Okay? On the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place from afar. Then Abraham said to his young men, so there was other people with them, Put, like imagine in the scene, it's Abraham, Isaac, donkey, and a couple other young men. And he speaks to them and he says, stay here with the donkey. And who's coming back with me? He says, I and the boy. He's talking about Isaac. We'll go over there and worship and come again to you. There it is. There's some specific faith that we're talking about here, okay? So God told Abraham, I will give you many generations. I, I, I'm going to give you children. And your children will have children. Children, children, for like a lot, a lot, a lot of years. Many, many, many. And I don't know if you know this, but the only way for that to happen is to have a child. And so Abraham has this child and, and he senses that tension. If I kill him, then I won't have generations to come but i know you can be trusted god and so i'm going to trust in that specific promise so much so that i'm going to obey you trusting that you will resurrect my son even if i kill him and so specifically he says to the young men by faith we are going to come back after I kill him. Do you catch that in there? I'm just trying to be as clear as possible, not making it up. That was a statement of faith. I'm going to go kill him now, but we're going to come back. And that's what Romans 18 is talking about. Would you flip back over with me? Let me read it for you. It says, he, In hope, he believed against hope which is kind of confusing in the ESV translation. What, he's, what, 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 what it's saying is, hey, this guy against all hope, meaning like he didn't have any reason to have any hope, but he hoped. He like believed anyways that it would happen. That he should, I'm in the latter half of 18, that he should become the father of many nations, as he had been told, 
so shall your offspring be. Man, isn't that good? Look at verse 20 with me. So unbelief made him, no unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God, fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. Friends, isn't that beautiful? Like Abraham had just this simple faith. God said it, so I should do it, and I should believe in what he said. And God said he would give him many children, and even though his wife wasn't able to have children, that's what God was going to do. And then I'm going to believe you, God. I'm going to walk by faith knowing that this is going to be a reality. God said you're going to have many generations to come from you, and so I'm going to believe that promise, and I'm going to go ahead and sacrifice my son anyways. And God stepped in. So Abraham said, we are going on up to the mountain and we will come back. Two beautiful stories. Look at verse 22 and 24, uh, through 24 with me. That is why his faith was counted to him as righteousness. But the words it was counted to him were not written for his sake alone, but for ours also. And this is where I love it, okay? It's like, ah. Oh, Paul knows we didn't need just a history lesson today. Like Paul knew, the Holy Spirit knew that the gathering needs to hear how this text applies to us on November 15th of 2020. Amen. It's just beautiful. Like I just praise the Lord that He cares so much for us that He speaks to us through His Word. So this is not just, oh, that's cool for Abraham. This is a model for us to follow. Let's follow this track, this line of thinking, okay? Verse 24 and 25. It will be counted to us who believe in Him who raised from the dead Jesus our Lord, who was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. So what Paul's saying here is what, what happened with Abraham, his Faith, Sarah's faith. What happened in Genesis, the greater story has been fulfilled in Jesus. That Jesus has fulfilled the promises of God by coming to a woman who should not have been pregnant. Like she got pregnant by a miracle. She was a lot younger than Sarah, but she had never been with a man. And God brought something out of nothing. It was beautiful. Mary was a virgin, and her son that she carried in her womb was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And believer, this is something that you must believe. Like, you must have specific faith about this. And if you're not a Christian, this is not just like, you must have faith randomly, ambiguously. You must believe this about God and how He sent His Son, Jesus. You must believe this. This is a core tenet of our faith. And God did it back then with Sarah in creating something out of nothing. He also brought forth a son from the womb of Mary. And He even created you out of nothing. He brought you into existence. 
He called you in the, in the language of Romans 4. He called you into existence. And then He sent His Son to deliver you from your trespasses and sins. And He justified you from the dead so that you would be alive in Christ. Amen? Amen. This is true for those who believe. So what we're going to do, just to, just to end our time together this morning, is we're going to take this, this passage and we are going to apply it specifically to our lives with four specific prayers. Okay? And these prayers, they're unseen. Like this, I am praying, and I have been praying for you this week, that this will help you walk with God this week. And I pray that as you pray... That the unseen and the transformation that has happened in your life would be oh so visible to the world around you. First in your home, and then moving outward in your concentric circles. And so here's the first prayer. Prayer number one. Lord, I believe You'll give me life from death. Okay? This is taking just the, the passage where it says who gives life from death in Romans 4 and making it into a prayer. Like it's a promise. And so I'm going to pray and stand on that promise now. This can happen when you're like walking with your sp spouse on the sidewalk. You guys could be praying this prayer together. But first, it has to land in the ears of the non-believer. Okay? So if you've never become a Christian before, you must believe that you are dead spiritually. And so specific faith looks like this. God, if I believe that Jesus died for my sin and rose from the grave, I'm trusting that you will make alive this dead heart. Like, I'm trusting that if I believe that you will grant me eternal life. And so this passage is very like evangelistic to you. That He promises to give life to the dead, to those who believe. Okay? Isn't that beautiful? Yes. So that's, that's the first prayer, but that is from faith. We're talking now about for faith. If I'm already a Christian... How can I walk by faith specifically from this passage this week? Prayer number two. I believe you still give life to the dead. Lord, I still believe that you give life from the dead. Alright, so think of some, someone in your life that doesn't know the Lord. Okay? So this prayer would go something like this. Lord, I'm going to trust that you continue to work like that. Like, I've been praying for this member of my family for 20 years. And Lord, only you know where they're at, but it just seems like they are dead. They're like walking zombies. And you tell me, like, in your word, that you bring life from the dead. Like, you bring dry bones to life. So I am praying that that you would bring life to this person. My brother, my sister, my in-laws, my aunts, uncle, whatever. Would you bring life to their dead souls? 
And I'm I'm trusting you that you desire none to perish. And I'm going to trust you by faith that you are also going to use me in this prayer. You're going to use my prayers, but I know that faith comes through hearing and hearing by the word. And so I'm praying that this Thanksgiving, you would open up a door of opportunity for me to speak life through the word of God into their life. And I'm trusting that they will in turn, receive eternal life. Like this is how people become Christians. Is that someone tells them about Jesus and then they believe. Prayer number two is a great prayer of faith. That's how you can walk by faith this week in your prayer life. Here's prayer number three. Prayer number three says, Lord, I'm so tired and I don't have what it takes. Anyone prayed that this week, this past week? Uh-huh. I'm so tired. I don't have what it takes. Uh, the, the prayer is, I believe you'll provide strength. Prayer number three, I believe that you will provide strength. Again, this is you standing on the promises of God based on His Word, walking by faith. It would look like this. This is like... like me trying to open up my heart in terms of like, what am I going to pray this week to trust God specifically and walk by faith? Something like this. Lord, you brought life from Sarah's womb. You brought life to Mary's womb. And when it comes to thinking about schools shutting down and all of that mess, I feel like my very lifeblood is being sucked from me. And I've got nothing. And I don't think I can do it. And so I'm praying. I'm going to trust you by faith that every day you are going to provide life. Like, this is your ministry, God, that you still call things into existence that do not exist. And right now, I'm telling you that my desire is not there. You're going to have to show up because I ain't got nothing. And so I surrender to you. I can't take on the next three months. I can't do it. And so I'm trusting you only with today because that's all the grace that you've given me. That's all the daily bread I have. You've given me daily bread. I'm going to trust you by faith today to do what is right. Will you give me the strength? Does that speak to you, church? Yeah. Okay. I believe that you're going to provide the strength. Prayer number three. Here's prayer number four. This is our last prayer. I believe you have plans for me. All right? This is from the text. This, uh, having specific faith when God told Abraham, I, watch the tense, I have made you the father to many generations. I made you. So, um, just to back up a sec, have you ever felt like, 
I feel like you don't have any plans for my life, Lord. Like, where am I going to go to college? Will I get a job? Who am I going to marry? Or what's going to happen tomorrow? What's going to happen this? I don't even know if I can make my next mortgage payment. Lord, do you have plans for my life? And so let's take God at his word from this passage and apply it to our lives this week. Okay? So the prayer is, I believe you have a specific plan. And we're getting it from God telling Abraham, I made you. This means that it was as good as done when God said it, even though it hadn't happened yet. Isn't that strange? Right? Like it hadn't happened yet. But God was so confident in his ability and, and in his word that he, he said, I, I made you. <laughs> and so embedded within the, the prayer is the worry that goes something like this. Lord, am I as good as done here? And the answer is no. Like, brother and sister in Christ, believer, if you have been justified, you know that your justification is as good as done. That's past tense. And do you know what else is written in past tense about you in the Scriptures? Something that will happen to you in the future. Can I show you? Flip a couple pages on over to Romans 8. I'm trying to just shower you with the promises of God. without physically dying or when you die and you meet Christ and you receive a new body and you are made like Him. Friends, have you ever questioned does God have a plan for my life? Hear it from God's Word today that He has had a plan for you. He has a plan for you right now and He has planned a wonderful plan for you in the future. He loves you. He knows you. He knows when you sit and when you rise. He has perceived your thoughts from afar. He is familiar with all your ways. He knows your rising and your coming. You're going out and you're going in. He's hemmed you in behind and before. He loves you and He knows you and He has a plan for you. And you can trust Him. Amen. Believer, will you trust Him this week? Not with an ambiguous faith, but will you have faith specifically in His promises this week? That's your charge. That's your challenge. That's what you're hearing proclaimed this morning. And the Holy Spirit is going to help you do it. Let's pray.
And so, Father, we love you and we're trusting you and we need you. We proclaim that we, we believe. Help us in our unbelief. Lord, thank you for granting us faith. And we ask that you would build, that you would strengthen our faith. We know that Abraham wasn't perfect. He certainly didn't earn his justification by righteousness, but you granted him righteousness. You counted it, credited it to him, and you, you helped him walk by faith. Lord, would you help us walk by faith this week? Would you make us prayerful people? And with these prayers that we've heard this morning, would you fuel our faith to walk with you? Lord, we pray that these prayers would be, would be planted deep down in our hearts, that we would actually like go to you with our things, with our problems, with our circumstances, that we would bow our heads, that we would kneel down, and we would trust you with specific things. And as a result, would you lift our chins? I know that there are many anxious people in this body. Would you help us to not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, that we would present all our requests to you, God. And we're trusting that you would be the great lifter of our heads. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, let's stand together. Let's sing. Let's respond to God's word. If at any point you need just prayer, grab a brother, grab a sister in Christ, move on over to the wings, and don't be a rush to get out of here. If the Holy Spirit has like gripped your heart in a certain area, a specific area of faith, have the courage to write it down. Have the courage to tell someone. Have the courage to pray with another brother. Okay? Let's sing together.